Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Jan Jaffe, and I'm your host. Today, we're discussing how to banish the energy vampire that is sucking all of the joy out of the holidays and replacing it with stress. I'm delighted to be joined by my brilliant team, Sharissa Sebastian and guest host, Stephen Reeder. Today's show is entitled, How to Banish Stress from Your Holidays. Welcome to Think Tank. Have you ever been in a room full of people enjoying the atmosphere of good conversation, laughter, food, drink, when suddenly in walks someone whose presence somehow sucks all of the joy out of the room? That person is what is known as an energy vampire. Well, an energy vampire doesn't have to be a person. It can also be an idea, an expectation, overwhelm, conflict, etc. The result of the presidential campaigns and election has been one of enormous stress for the nation within family structures and dynamics. And when stress levels rise, so do cortisol levels and polarizing effects. Add to that the stressors of holiday season expectations in a particularly stressful year, especially immediately following this most unusual presidential election. Our conversation today focuses on how to reduce this holiday stress and bring back the joy of the season. Sharissa Sebastian, please tell our listening audience a little about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Jen. I'm a career success coach for ambitious women, a speaker, a contributor to the Huffington Post and Forbes, a radio show host, and the co-owner of Stop, Smile, Breathe Women's Retreats. And if um, any of our listeners would like to find out more about the work that I do, you can go to my website at sharissasebastian.com. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. Thank you, Sharissa. And now, Stephen Reeder, please introduce yourself. Uh, Good morning. I work in personal coaching and workshops. I help those struggling with the status quo that needs to go. And if that's you, then we focus together on work-life balance, attitudinal awareness, and disrupting the structures and hierarchies that hold you back. And together we reinvigorate your life purpose and create structure that supports you in your goals. I can be reached by email at Stephen. That's Stephen with a V, at ulinecoaching, the letter ulinecoaching.com. Thanks, Jan. Thank thank you so much, Stephen. And now I just wanted to invite our callers uh, to call in with any questions or comments. We just absolutely love your calls. You can reach us here at 646 716 9397. Again, that is 646 716 9397. 
you know, most of us have an ideal, idealized image, image in our mind of what the holidays should be based on those wonderful movies we grew up on, such as It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, and last but not least, a Christmas story. The result is that we have rather high expectations of such things as the perfect tree, exquisitely decorated and surrounded by perfectly wrapped and chosen gifts, incredibly extravagant holiday meals prepared by mothers who either were full-time housewives or grandmothers who helped out in our homes with giant kitchens. Now, today's reality is very different and often creates enormous stress and resulting exhaustion by its end, creating a sort of a January hangover. Both men and women worked demanding hours, and few families had the luxury of retired grandmas helping with those gargantuan meals. Many grandmothers are also still in the workforce. And I don't know about you, but if you live in an urban area like me, your kitchen is mostly, most likely small or tiny like mine, and most folks don't have the financial wherewithal to spend the thousands of dollars it would take to purchase the mountains of gifts possible uh, as they were in the past, or even the time to go shopping for all of it. So there is already one bit of overwhelm when it comes to producing the type of holiday we believe is required. And this year is especially challenging with the recent political climate creating a possible battlefield around the holiday table. So what are some other challenges the holidays present that can create stress? Sharissa, would you like to start off with this? Sure. Well, you did such a great job with so many of those different, different stressful challenges, um, Jen. But there are a couple of others um, are making decisions. You know, there's, I mean, that's a big, big area. But, like, where to travel, you know, who's, uh, which family are we going to visit this year and when to travel and what to bring and managing kids and expectations and trying to please everyone, and, you know, that list goes on and on. Um, and then also those things that you have already mentioned, the finances, you know, the lack of time, energy, even skills. And I say skills because I am not that skilled or, you know, being in the kitchen and cooking big meals is not my thing. And so that also puts pressure on people like me um, because that's just not something I, you know, I, I tend to, to do. So just figuring that out and navigating that space. And, of course, those stressful relationships, like you talked about, um, the energy vampires, you know, and how to, and, and so stressful even before getting into those situations, knowing that you're going to be around people who uh, may be a little bit challenging to be around, especially, like you said, given what's going on um, in our political climate and just so many other things, so many other stressful factors that come into play in, in people's lives, and we just never know how that's going to play out around um, around the, the Christmas table, <laughs> you know, or Thanksgiving table. Mm-hmm. So that can definitely be very, very challenging. Absolutely. I mean, you bring up so many great points. Just the travel, I mean, everything is so global. We're we're all so spread out now. It used to be, you know, families, you, you used to get in the car and, you know, driving an hour was considered travel. Now families are spread all over, you know, the country, if not over the world. I mean, your family is is in another country. I mean, for you to go, or so much of your family is, so for you to go visit your family is, talk about gargantuan, that is is huge. And it's it's that way. I know I have friends and family myself in, in other countries. So it's, it's, it's a very different 
situation now than it used to be. And I have family all over the country. And so to see family is far different than it used to be. And, for example, things like orphan Thanksgiving dinners have become much more popular than they used to be. And I was shocked this year at um, at how uh, difficult it was to get a reservation for a Thanksgiving dinner in, in, a, in a restaurant it was this year. I mean, this year we actually did that. Uh, I, I haven't done that. I think I'm trying to remember the last time I did that. It was probably 30 years ago. Um, but this year we actually did that, went and, and went to a restaurant. And it was almost impossible to get a reservation because so many people in New York City and Manhattan did that this year. One can only speculate why perhaps people were had, had issues about either being with family because there, were, were, there was a lot of conflict this year since it was so soon after the election and a lot of people just didn't want to have that conflict or it was because of the fact that in New York City kitchens are very small um, but for whatever reason there like you said it's it's hard people don't have the time or the wherewithal to produce those kinds of huge meals that they used to do and for example, you were saying that you that you don't have that talent, perhaps, but you're a mother. You're an incredible mother, raising you know raising a child, and you're also uh, a very very busy entrepreneur. So you are doing so much. So to ask that you also you know do the work of someone who maybe in the past didn't have to do didn't didn't work a job, no less create a business. Um, you know, we're all expected to do so much more than we used to do in the past. So, Stephen, um, I'd love to hear what you have to say uh, about all of this. Well, you bring up a lot of great points when you talk about the family being spread out. You reminded me that was my entire history. My father was in the military, and for military families, you may know months in advance that your loved one is not going to be in town. They're going to be on the other side of the world for possibly six months, 12 months, mm. 18 months at a time. And so the holidays just bring that to bear that much heavier when the holidays come around and you find yourself missing someone very deeply. Adult, I went into the tourism field. I worked in the Florida theme parks for a number of years and that's the busiest time. We're absolutely going to be working every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. All those times, uh, people who work in hospitals, EMTs, who have that kind of work that just never stops, it makes it that much harder to plan. When you bring up something like the election, certainly that can be a contentious point to bring up at the table, but it can work in the opposite direction when it's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about and you just have that hanging stress. Or if there's some other family dynamic that everybody knows but no one's talking about, when you bring up the idea of the energetic vampire, I immediately think of how vampires were portrayed in movies 50 <laughs> years ago, which is where we would get the archetype of the vampire. Vampires didn't hide behind trees or doors and jump out to grab you. The vampire seduced you and you invited them in. 
So it was, it always started as a friendly engagement. You invite the vampire in and the vampire can never see themselves in the mirror. They don't see their own reflection. And so when you talk about an energetic vampire, they rarely have the wherewithal to realize the impact that they're making with the behavior. Mm. Wow, that is such an interesting interpretation, a way of looking at it. It really, really is. That is so true. Um, you know, because we, we, most of us, when we think about it, we think of them as someone who comes in, or either someone, or it can also be an idea, but someone who comes in and basically it sucks the joy out of the room. Um, you know, as opposed to sucking, you know, sucking blood, someone who sucks the joy out of the room. But the fact of the matter is they, they may not, like you say, see themselves in the mirror. They may not realize what they're doing. Um, so that's very, very, and it can be an invited guest or it can also be just a topic that someone brings up or a topic or an idea or even just the news that you know that 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 is is in something that's in everyone's mind and it is sucking the joy out of the situation and sucking the good energy out but it it doesn't uh people don't see it or are not aware of it and they invite it in i don't know is that sort of what you're saying oh absolutely because if it were something if it were, say, a wedding crasher that was coming in and being rude, you'd have no problem turning them around on their heels and sending them out the door. But when it's someone that we do very intrinsically care about, it, become, it can be a lot to manage, especially if there's a long history of it and you anticipate it ahead of time. And so you build up that stress in your mind before the event even happens. Absolutely. That's an excellent way of looking at it. And that's true. And that's I, that's probably part of the reason <laughs> a lot of people um, have not, did not spend Thanksgiving with their families this year, or there were a lot of individual Thanksgiving dinners. Um, but this, this, the, this, the holidays this year are, you know, seem to be producing a lot more stress. And I don't think it's, necessarily all because of the elections it's and the holidays always produce stress because of the expectations we have we have these ideas in our mind because of these pictures from these movies you know this this perfection that of course um there never is perfection but also what we grew up with and um that was the past the way things were life is different now Life is more on the go. Everybody's looking at their phones. Um, people, you know, the kind of connection and engagement uh, that w that existed in the past is not um, is not really what we have now. So um, that's part of what goes on now. Um, that that's part of what is added to the stress and the overwhelm of trying to get a family together and trying to get people connected and together um, when we have the holidays, trying to create something that maybe doesn't apply to, to today's climate and today's environment. Um, so in addition to travel and finances and stress, um, to, and, and um, I'm sorry, um, you know, shopping and those kinds of decisions. Um, are there any other 
ideas that the two of you have that uh, are any challenges that, that could be creating stress in, you know, around this holiday season before we move on? Just Charissa? the idea maybe that... Oh. Go on, Stephen. Uh, the idea that somehow when the holidays come, we've put real life on hold based on those ideals that you were talking about from the movies. You are so right. That's absolutely true. That's true. Um, which also adds to that January uh, kind of hangover that we have all of this that we've now put on hold. That is so true. Absolutely. That's another. That's something I hadn't even thought of, but that is absolutely true, that we put everything on hold and then everything comes and hits us in January and February, real, true life. Um, and there's when I know when living in Chicago, I used to live in Chicago, and uh, Stephen lives in Chicago, and that there's that that sort of the February blahs because it's you know the winter goes on for a long time and it's very gray in in Chicago in February, and um, it, you know you're sort of at your wits end. You know winter, you feel like winter's never going to end, and also, you know real life is hitting you. You don't have any holidays coming up for a while, and um, I don't know, maybe it's not like that anymore, uh, Stephen, in Chicago, but um, I know that's how it was all the years that I lived there, and it's it's the real life that you, during the holiday season, um, that you've put life on hold. It's all the things you described and still trying to find a parking space. <laughs> That can be stressful just in itself. It's bringing that up. Not only that, but accommodation, you know. I mean, there's so many things that go into the planning around traveling um, for the holidays. Absolutely. Absolutely. My goodness. So I just wanted to invite our callers again um, that we have, we would love to hear from you. Again, the number is 646 9397. So now that we have a clearer understanding of what some of the challenges are that create holiday stress, um, uh, we, we're going to move on. Studies show that stress affects health in a myriad of ways, both physically and mentally. And most of us are already aware of the very real and dangerous toll that stress takes on our physical bodies. But most people are unaware of just how real the damage stress is on our brain and mental functioning. Severe stress can cause overload and result in complete mental breakdown, as well as unhealthy changes in brain structure itself. I know that sounds pretty scary, so it follows that stress can affect intuition and decision-making. And to that end, research has also shown that relationship breakups occur most frequently during the holiday season, believe it or not. So let's talk about how intuition and decision-making are impacted during the stress of the holiday season. So, Sharissa, I'm going to pick on you again. <laughs> um, would you like to start off with this? Sure. Well, I think when we're under an incredible amount of stress, even just day-to-day -day stress as well, it is difficult to think clearly and make those, uh, you know, the best decisions from a place of 
calm and rational thinking because, of course, it's easier for us to intuitively make decisions when we are more calm and not, you know, not really stressed and overwhelmed and that kind of thing. So intuitive decisions can easily go out the window, uh, making it much more likely to make those decisions that we regret by maybe just reacting in the moment rather than really taking the time to process what's going on before we react. And, of course, when we're under a lot of stress, it's very easy for us to quickly get into reactive mode and um, you know, just want to get things done rather than taking the time to think, okay, what is the best, really? What is going to be the best decision for me and for everyone involved rather than making a decision because a decision needs to be made in that moment? So that is, yeah, it's a very tricky space to navigate, of course, because things are moving at such a fast rate. And we often, you know, in our minds, we don't have the time to really uh, contemplate things or, you know, we just decisions have to be made, we need to move on. And so I think one of the things that can be really helpful talking about intuitive decision-making is, um, is just taking the time for yourself, even if it's just a few minutes every day, to be in that space of, um, you know, of just calm and relaxation, just taking a few minutes every day to relax. And that will help. I think that really helps uh, long-term to make those better decisions going forward and also to um, it helps with our stress levels as we go through the day so that we're not constantly in reactive mode. Mm. Absolutely. That's, that really makes a lot of sense. And just the fact, like you're, you're talking about being in reactive mode rather than responding out of choice um and i i just found the research you know saying or stating that uh breakups happen most frequently do, during the holiday season and the you know, during this time at the, towards the end of the year i found that fascinating and i was really surprised and um just i think well you know we can discuss this further i'm 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 I think partly the idea of New Year's resolution and the new year I'm going to make a whole new start and I I wonder if that enters into it too and people because of they they want to make a whole new start and that that feeling of the stress of making a new start if this gets them to be more reactive as well and be um make rash decisions um and so I'm just curious what your thoughts are um, about this. You know, um, Sharissa, do you have any further thoughts on that? Because this just really, I was so, I was almost shocked when I read that about the breakups during this season. It just didn't, I thought, wow, you know, during the holidays to be breaking up and ending relationships, it just, it, it surprised me. Yeah, I think that there's so many different facets to that, Jen. On the one hand, it, you know, some of that could be reactionary, like people are just so overwhelmed with stress and they, and they feel like mm-hmm. maybe not having to deal with that person or the relationship over the holidays is going to make it easier. But then on the mm-hmm. other side, there's also this, uh, something else to consider, and that is that if, say, in that relationship, and obviously every relationship is different, but if mm-hmm. the relationship was such that there were little things, you know, building up over time and the stress of the holidays just kind of pushed it over the edge, so maybe it was um, mm-hmm. delaying the inevitable, but then that enormous amount of stress that happens around the holiday season may have just been what just, you know, made the decision or whatever. And so, so people are just done at that point. So there's a number of different things. So it's very difficult to kind of speculate about what is it that really causes it. But obviously any kind of, you know, in any stressful situation, um, things like this are, are bound to happen where we start to question, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what's causing me the stress, what do I need to get rid of, and, you know, how can I 
fix this? How can I make it right so that I'm not under this incredible uh, amount of stress? So I, I guess it does make sense from that standpoint that the hol- that it would kind of um, culminate in the in the holiday season where the rate of breakups would would go up. So on the one mm. hand, it could be more of a reactionary thing, but on mm. the other hand, it could be something that was meant to happen anyway, and just as a result of the stressful situation, the decision was made to say, okay, this is it. Right. It's Like you said, it's probably a, a, just a, a pileup of, of many, many, many different things, and perhaps um, that feeling of a rush to make a big change since it's the end of the year and a new year. Um, Stephen, Let's get to you. I'm 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 so curious and dying to hear of uh, your thoughts about all of this about how intuition and decision making are impacted during the stress of the holiday season. Well, you rightly mentioned in the opening about how levels of cortisol are going to be on the rise the more stress we are having. And I don't know if it's if you know that humans are the only species who can release stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol just by thinking about a stressful situation. There's a, there's a, a book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, and it's really true. They don't because they only respond to stress when the stress is presented directly in front of them, like the lion that's going to take them down and eat them. They have the stress reaction, which is designed in our body to protect us from danger. However, what we do under stress, every time we think about a stressful situation, when we sit down and ruminate about all the stressful things that might happen, they might happen tomorrow, they might happen a year from now, but we're still, it's like a drip of cortisol and adrenaline flooding our system on a constant, constant basis, which sets us up for all the things we've been discussing here. Whether those things come to fruition or not, we've already experienced the stress around what we think might happen. Wow, I did not know that. I mean, I did not know about, I know that ruminating definitely causes that effect in us, but I did not know that animals did not, you know, that did not occur for them. That's fascinating. That really is fascinating. If you like, I'll try and find the proper name of that book and the author's name, and I'll share it in the comments under the story. Fantastic. Thank you. So do you have any thoughts? I'm curious, just because I guess it's just interesting to me about um, the correlation between relationships and you know breakups ending at the end of the year and the New Year resolutions and how perhaps even how New Year's resolutions can can also um, maybe create rash decisions in general. That idea of well the the year and the year is ending and there's been all this not you know not the conscious awareness that there's been all this stress. But this idea of, okay, I have to make a new start, I have to make a new start, and how that can possibly create reactive decision-making. Do you have any thoughts about that, Stephen? Well, the news of that study was as much news to me as it was to you when you shared it. But, (laughs) But as you were describing that, I definitely agree with you that when 
we come to the new years and we're forward looking. And especially if we're feeling like something in our life, maybe a relationship, or maybe it's just the inward looking. If somewhere we feel like we've, something is failing or that we're actually Mm -hmm. looking in the mirror and saying, I'm a failure. And so I don't have the power to change or challenge Mm -hmm. what we're doing or just beating yourself up and say, I brought this on myself. I deserve it. So they sort of maybe give themselves the choice between suffering further or like you say, making a very rash decision in a very, in a very, spontaneous way of saying I've had enough and I'm not going to take it anymore. And they've made the, you know, finding the fastest route to relief of the stress. So what you and Sharissa have said all makes perfect sense. You know, I'm sorry. I giggled because you said I've had enough and I'm not going to take it anymore. It reminded me of that movie network. I believe it was called. Do you remember that movie when he shouts out the window? (laughs) I, what, what was it? What was it that he said? You know, I've um, uh, something I've I've had uh, something like I've t- had enough, I'm, and I'm not going to take it anymore, or something like that. It just, but it's the same sort of thing. And from that, I'm I'm not quoting it quite correctly, but it's um, it's that same kind of re- total reaction. And um, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that's one of the ways that we can, I think, deal with the stress of this period um, and avoid making reactive decisions is realize that we have the power to at any point um, choose to make to make to start over and every day we can choose to be whoever we want to be to transform ourselves you know we have the power to to um, become whomever we want to be to have the choice to be to be to be who we want to be rather than who we are, the, the who life makes us. And um, so we don't have to wait till the new year to make changes. We can, at that very moment, decide, choose what we want to do rather than what we're, we end up doing. So we don't have to wait to the new year. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to just react. We can always just, we can respond. We can take a deep breath. We can, we can become aware of what's going on. We can be calm. We can, we can sit back and be aware of what's going on. I know that sounds um, challenging, but if we're constantly at the effect of everything that's going on around us and to us, and I'm using little air quotes which nobody can see, see um, but if we're, we're always at the effect, then we have no control over our lives, and we always have control over our lives. We really do. So, um, uh, you know, I'm looking at the time, and I need to take a break right now because we have a wonderful sponsor, and um, I, I so want to uh, speak about audible.com because here on the Life Coach Radio Networks, 
We are so very proud to have as our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products that include more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audiobook 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Now here are some Audible books related to today's topic. 33 Ways to De-Stress After the Holidays, Tips for Easy Stress Reduction to Help with Anxiety, Depression, Social Anxiety, Sensory Overload, CPTSD and PTSD, Transcend Mediocrity, Book 105 by J.B. Snow. So that should get you through everything. Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, written and narrated by David Allen, and From Stress to Stillness, Tools for Inner Peace by Gina Lake. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, stories that surround you. And now, back to our show. And I want to remind our listening audience again that we would love to take your phone calls. We would love to hear your questions, comments, suggestions, anything you would like to say. The number here again is 646-716-9397. Okay, so now that we have a better understanding of what some of the stressors and risks of those holiday stressors are, let's discuss what we can do to recover the joy and original intention of the holiday season. There are many things in life that we have little control over and many many things that we have choice over whether we realize it or not. Sometimes it's a matter of realizing that we have the choice of saying no, which is very difficult for many people, especially those who are either people pleasers or those who feel that they can always squeeze one more task into their day or that they don't want someone to be disappointed and on and on. One of the many ways we can reduce overwhelm and feel more in control and at choice is to let go of what we cannot control and focus on what we can control. So what are some of the ways that we can begin to incorporate this into our lives so that we can reduce stress, make better decisions, and actually enjoy the holidays? Stephen, I'm going to start with you this time. When it comes to the stress of the holidays, I feel it's really important to acknowledge the feelings that you're having. Uh, for example, uh, these holidays coming up, these are, this is going to be the first holiday season uh, since my father passed away. And so I realize it's going to be important for me to acknowledge when I'm sad. And when you were talking earlier about the ideal of the holiday, probably a lot of people who may not have, uh, you know, the coaching 
and the development backgrounds that we share here on the show may go into a situation like that and feel, I have to be up and happy for everybody. I can't let my pain show. It's not appropriate for the holiday when we're all supposed to be happy. Mm. And I've got to push that down, which, of course, compounds the stress they may already be going through. So acknowledging anger, if you have it, sadness, if you have it, because the avoidance of those feelings and why you have them, actually acknowledging why you feel sad, why you're angry with someone, if you actually know the reason behind it, you can have some compassion for yourself and remind yourself that your feelings are normal for you. And if you have the capacity, you can possibly even extend that courtesy to those around you if you are feeling that someone else is not as happy as maybe you thought they should be in the air, in the um, in the event. When it comes to getting everything ready for everyone, I think you mentioned uh, people pleasers. I believe I might have some of that in me as well. I'm not sure. I'll have to consult with those around me. However, one of the ways if that's something that you're just not going to be able to get out of your system between now and the 25th of December, consider that getting your rest, getting your rest when you know you have the stress coming, getting your rest is a way that you can absolutely be of service to others. People think, oh, it'll be selfish if I take a nap, if I take some time away from all the things I need to do. It doesn't have to be selfish. If you can reframe it into knowing that my being rested and alert serves the people that I wish to serve, it can only do you and everyone else great. And since you have the people around you, I would suggest ask for what you need. Do you need rest? Do you need help? Ask those around you for the help that you need. Maybe even if it's kids, if you have a lot of kids in the family, you could make it a game with the kids. The kids will love to play a game and be helpful as well. It that almost are... feels like like you're budgeting. If you know how to budget your money for the holidays, for the gift buying, you're also budgeting your time and you're budgeting your energy and measuring it out like it's a recipe. Those are really excellent, excellent suggestions. My goodness. Um, really, you know, acknowledging your feelings, acknowledging and honoring your feelings, really, so that you're not repressing them. Um, and like you said, getting, getting rest if you need it, if you're a people pleaser, which so many of us are, asking for what you need, um, budgeting your time and your energy. And um, these are, you know, and it, what, it, what it does is it helps to build your own compassion and your awareness and, um, and your resiliency as well. And it just helps to grow your heart and your awareness of, of what other people are feeling. Um, I think that's what you're saying, too. Is, is, that, is that correct? Absolutely. It's even, um, even if you take the time to get fresh air. Yes. Little thing. Well, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I use this, uh, this, this a lot when, I, when, I, when I'm working with people and I, they don't understand that they need to start 
taking care, or they feel guilty about taking care of themselves when they're caretakers, is that um, you know there's a balance with taking care of yourself because sometimes people think, well, what does that mean? I'm supposed to go do a, a spa day or something? Well, when you're on the on an airplane and they always tell you that if the oxygen mask comes down, you have to first take the oxygen for yourself before you give it to someone else because if you pass out, you can't help anybody else. So if you're if you get sick and weak because you've you've overdone it taking care of everybody else. If you don't take care of yourself enough that you can continue to take care of others, then you you can't take care of anybody else at all. So that, you know, you have to be able to uh, nurture yourself as well. You have to be able to show self-compassion and self-care as well for yourself. And so that's, I mean, I always use that analogy just because sometimes people don't get it. Yeah. So, um, Sharissa, um, I'd love to hear what, what you have to say about some, what are some of the ways that we can begin to incorporate, um, you know, some of how we can let go of what we cannot control and focus on what we can control so that we can reduce the stress and make better decisions and actually enjoy the holidays. Well, I love what you and Stephen have pointed out, and that is really to, to focus on, you know, acknowledging our own feelings and taking care of ourselves first, because I think a lot of times, like talking about, you know, pleasing others and being there for others, and it's kind of uh, almost a duty to, for us to, you know, we have this mentality that that's just something that we do, and yes, we enjoy doing it. But I think the other side of this as well, maybe another way to look at it, is not just that it helps us to take care of ourselves and to acknowledge our feelings and to um, kind of, you know, just really work through some of those emotions and the stress and all of that is so important for us to then be able to be there for others. But I think also it gives others permission to do the same for themselves. So in the example that, that Stephen gave, like, you know, if you've, uh, if you've lost a, a loved one and, and you're going into the, the Christmas season and you're going to be around family and you feel like, you know, you don't want to be a downer and you don't want to, um, you know, you want to put on a, a bright, cherry face because that's what the holidays are all about. But really by doing that, and especially if, you, if, there's a, you know, if you've lost a loved one in the family and everyone is in that grieving process, I think by you acknowledging your feelings, by us acknowledging our feelings and you know, being okay with that and knowing that there is a time for that and, and all of that, it gives other, other people permission to, to do the same. And it helps us to really come together and support each other through that. It doesn't mean that we stay in that place forever and just, you know, but it, it gives others space to, to do the same so that we can then come together rather than having like, you know, the elephant in the room where everyone is trying to put on a, a happy face, but really there's so much um, just pain and hurt that's going on under the surface. And I think that also applies to, um, to say, parents as well. You know, like parents want to, we want to make sure that everything's taken care of for our kids and that they have this perfect picture and all of that. But also taking care of ourselves also gives them permission and they can see that as they grow up, it's important for them to take care of themselves because if not, then they're not going to be able to be the best that they can be for themselves or for others. And that's something like as a mom that I'm very conscious of. I always because a lot of times as parents or as, as moms, we think, oh, it's, it's selfish for us to take that time for ourselves when we could have been, we could be spending the time with our kids or, you know, doing something else. But at the end of the day, we, it's just looking at it from the standpoint of other people as well. Like, what are we, um, you know, what are we showing other people? What are we uh, helping people with in that situation? And by our own decisions, it's going to definitely, people are going to be looking at us. And so we can decide on how we want, you know, what example we want to set, either for our kids, for our family members, 
um, or just, you know, everyone in general. So I love the point of acknowledging your feelings because at the end of the day when you suppress those feelings, it comes out, especially in those, uh, you know, those stressful situations. It's more likely um, to come out in maybe a way that you don't want it to, to come out if we keep pushing it down and, uh, and doing that. The other Absolutely. thing I love that you mentioned is... Go um, on. I'm sorry. I was going to just say, I was going to touch on one more thing that Stephen said, and that is um, to... And this is... I think it's the preempting of the stress, right? So before we even get into that stressful situation, we're already stressed <laughs> about just thinking about it. But knowing that the holiday season is stressful as it is um, and kind of trying to steer away from maybe making those rash decisions like the breakup or whatever it is, we can preempt that going into the holiday season and saying, okay, so I know that this is a stressful period. It might take a toll on my marriage or my relationship or my family dynamics. So knowing that going in, it's a lot easier for us to take care of ourselves, like Stephen was saying, so get your rest in, you know, make sure that you're okay. Because, of course, when you function from a place of high stress, lack of sleep, um, you know, not taking care, not eating well, all of those things, uh, you're at much more vulnerable to make those rest decisions and, and that kind of thing. And, of course, your stress levels are going to be a lot higher. So preempting that and knowing that there are certain areas that are going to be under more stress than others, you can then make a decision and say, okay, going in, how can I make this less stressful for me? What can I do to make maybe that Christmas dinner less stressful or this relationship? Maybe you have a strange relationship with someone in your family and you know they're going to be at the table and you're going to have to, you know, you don't know what to expect. So maybe preempt that. Maybe reach out ahead of time. Whatever you need to do so that you're not reacting in the moment, but you're doing things to take care of yourself and to maybe make it so that you're not so stressed going into those situations. So I think that's important as well, the self-care, and maybe doing some other things that might help you going into the holiday season. That's, oh, that's wonderful. Absolutely such wonderful suggestions. I know for me, um, just to add, I don't normally talk so much about what what's going on in my personal life, but I know for me, for this, this holiday season, there's a couple of things that I'm doing. One of the things that I do, normally I have a, a big to-do list that I make every day. I try to make it the night before so that I make sure and I schedule out my day. Um, what I'm doing is I just try to have a very, um, I might do that, but I basically just have three things that that I'm trying to accomplish, you know, the top three things, so that um, I'm putting far less pressure on myself. Um, so that's part of it. So that, um, and then if there's, if there are, what I, I'm doing now, dealing, if there's, there are people that, that I, rather than letting people stress me out, I'm, I'm actually sitting back more. I'm, I'm doing things that maybe I would like to do more in general in my life, whereas I'm letting total judgment go and just observing without judgment and focusing on all of the good and amusing things. Uh, because there, all of us have little foibles and interesting things about our personalities. So even unless it's somebody that we think is really um, damaging and dangerous to us, um, we can just observe and kind of sit back and be keep a little bit of distance if it's somebody that we find um, that might normally irritate us. Just keep a little bit of an emotional distance so that we can just observe and you know enjoy their presence in a different in a different way. 
I know um, for me, because I'm caretaking someone, I'm spending a lot of energy and time and caretaking someone who's very ill right now. So it's taking a lot of my energy. And um, I basically, so I'm putting a lot less pressure on myself about things that I quote unquote need to do. So on my to-do list. And um, and and I, I am acknowledging my feelings you know, when I'm dealing with the caretaking, I'm very pragmatic. What needs to be done? What needs to be done? And then when I'm home alone, I acknowledge my feelings um, and deal with them because repressing them is not healthy. And then try to take care of, like we were talking about, sleep and eating and those kinds of things. So what Stephen had said was very, very important. And those are the sorts of things that we do. And any big important life decisions this is not the time to make them because um you know you don't want to make this is not for, i think for anybody who's under um some kind of stress and the holidays can be a stressful time so this may not be the time to make a giant decision because um it may you may be reacting or you may you're you know this may you may not be able to put all of your cards on the table and make the great the greatest uh intuitive and balanced and choice driven decisions because there may be a little too much cortisol going on that you may not be aware of so all of these suggestions that that the both of you have made i think are um, amazingly helpful and um you know as as steven had said awareness of what we're feeling and as as you had mentioned, Sharissa, just taking the time, you mentioned it earlier in the show, to breathe and stop and, and make sure that we have time in our day to be calm. Um, I think all of these things and everything that's been mentioned during this hour, to take the time to to get back into our body and to step back and be calm and aware and to take care of ourselves and to be at choice when it seems that we don't, there are times when it seems that life around us is moving so quickly that we don't have the time to be at choice. We do. And if we just take the moment to step back and and take a pause, it can give us that moment to do a little deep breathing and become aware and realize that, okay, there are things that are out of our control. What is it that we can control and try to let go a little bit of okay we don't have control over that focus on what we can control and sometimes that gives us a sense of being able to to get again the reins get, get hold of the reins of what we have um in our lives that we can control and it gives us a sense of power again in our lives and a sense of calm so um i am just amazed at the fact that um, the hour has just seems to have flown by. Um, it's been such a wonderful and informative show. Uh, today we're about out of time. So I'd like to thank my very, very, very talented co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and Stephen Reeder, for their insightful participation in today's show. 
in order to effectively deal with stress and overwhelm, we can be at the effect of everything that comes our way and then find ourselves in overwhelm or choose to let go of what we can't control and focus on what we can control. This involves an understanding of a sort of minimalistic thinking involving the idea of how does this serve me, not in a narcissistic way, but in a manner that helps us become more aware of the motivations behind our actions. And this may help us to make better choices in the long run. Stress is not what happens to us, but is our response to what happens. And response is a choice we can make. And the next time you stress about all of the holiday sweets you're consuming at this time of year, remember, stressed backwards is desserts. <laughs> I'm Jan Jaffe of Forward to Success, and it has been my privilege to have been your host today. I'd love to speak with you, so please contact me with any questions or comments at info at forwardtosuccess.com. I also want to remind our listeners that you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, Life Coach Radio Networks. I also host my own solo interview show, In Depth with Jan Jaffe, on This the Life Coach Radio Network on Wednesdays, as well as Think Tank at 12 noon Eastern. Sharissa, do you have any closing thoughts and contact information you'd like to share? Sure. Thank you, Jan. And I will definitely keep that in mind, by the way, for the dessert. Make me think of, like, problem <laughs> is the stress and then solution is dessert, which is obviously not good advice. But having a sweet tooth, I told you. <laughs> um, but what I'd like, like to share, and I always, you know, share a quote, but actually when I was trying to find a suitable quote for today, what I came across was a really good how to survive the holiday list, and it's top ten tips for managing stress. So I'd love to share that really quickly. Number one is manage your stress response. Two is set realistic expectations. Three is plan ahead. Four, set priorities and set limits. Five, a manageable to-do list. Six is stick to a budget. Seven, maintain healthy habits. So we talked about eating well and taking care of ourselves. Um, Seven is delegating tasks. Eight um, is, well, actually, I think there's less than ten here, but acknowledge your feelings. And then nine is asking for help. So I think that's a, a really good guide to follow, um, and it's so much about what we talked about on the show anyway. And also, thank you so much for the opportunity for me to join the show today. And if anyone would like to get in touch with me, um, you can reach me on my website at sharissasebastian.com, or you can email me directly at info, that's I-N-F-O, at sharissasebastian.com. Thanks so much, Stephen and Jan. Thank you, Sharissa, and that is such a great list. I love it. Thank you. I always so love working with you. you I learned so much from you. And now, Stephen, how about you? Any closing comments? I just really wanted to thank you for inviting me to join you and Sharissa today. Uh, the wrap-up that the two of you did around the preemptive work and being conscious it was so inspiring because you helped me realize that when you can keep yourself centered and know there's things you can't control, then you're not surprised when they come. And so you don't even have to be indignant that something went wrong. You were expecting it. We checked the weather because we want to know if it's going to rain. If it rains on us, we knew it was going to rain. That's why we brought the umbrella and we took the time 
to center and I want to invite your listeners, if you'd like to connect with me, my website is the letter U, linecoaching.com. You can reach me at Stephen, that's spelled with a V as in Victor, Stephen at ulinecoaching.com. I also put a comment on the show's website where you can find the book Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, the acclaimed guide to stress stress-related diseases, and coping, and it is available on audible.com. Oh, wonderful. Stephen, I want to thank you so much for having, uh, for, having uh, for being on the show with us today. It's been such a treat. And I just wanted to tell our lo- listening audience, I got to know Stephen, I guess it was a year or so ago, I took a course with him. He taught a course. And I was so impressed, but also just touched with his spirit and his heart and his soul. And I am so honored and delighted to have uh, Stephen with us as a co-host. And I, I really hope you'll join us again, Stephen, um, on another think tank. So um, it's really been a treat having you today. And again, as, like, as, I wanted, as I said before, I'm really honored and blessed to have you with us today. So thank you. Um, I want to remind our listeners that for all of the hosts, contact and bio information is listed in the show description on the show page. We have some upcoming shows on this The Life Coach Radio Network on December 14th at 12 p.m. in depth with Jan Jaffe. On uh, December 27th at 8 p.m., Allison Prophet and Bob Harrell discuss mining talents, creating opportunities. On December 28th at 12 p.m., Think Tank. And on our sister network, the Life Coach Chat Channel, December 7th at 9 p.m., Coach Gina Sanersard and guest Brooke Ashley discuss relationships. Um, Sharissa, what is the date of your upcoming show, solo show on Life Coach Radio Network? Do you know offhand? Oh, thanks for asking, Jan. The next show is going to be, um, actually, let me just double-check. It should be on December the 19th at 8 p.m. Central. Okay, thank you. So December 19th at 8 p.m. Central, um, Sharissa has her show, so please do join in for that. I'm sorry I didn't see that on the schedule, so that's why I didn't mention it. So huge thanks again to my two wonderful co-hosts, Sharissa Sebastian and today's guest co-host, Stephen Reeder, for joining me today and making this show a very, very special one. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>